0: If you happen to be listening to our little podcast in more or less real time, then there are five more episodes left between now and Christmas Day 2022, and that means five more episodes left in Season 1. Loved ones, what's going on? I'm Bruce, and this is A Bigger Story. There are two very different Christmas stories in the Bible. The one most of us are most familiar with, I think, is the one in the Gospel of Luke. It's the one that Linus tells in A Charlie Brown Christmas when he walks out on stage, blanket over his shoulder, and he says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Leave it to Linus to tell the story from the King James Version of the Bible. That's the Christmas story in Luke. The Christmas story in the Gospel of Matthew is very different. If you have a nativity set, a manger scene, it's probably a mashup of both stories because it's the Matthew story that includes the three wise men. So if you have wise men in your nativity, that's from Matthew. But baby Jesus, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the manger, all that is from Luke's version of the Christmas story. The Matthew version of the Christmas story is not as um, family-friendly. You'd need a divorce lawyer in your nativity set. (laughs) Truly, it starts like this. for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I want to come back to all that, but first, let's take a quick peek at what happens next in this Matthew version of the Christmas story. Joseph ends up not divorcing Mary. He hangs in there despite his understandable confusion. Mary has the baby. They do name him Jesus. And then things get even trickier. The wise men who had been following the star in search of the Christ child make it to Jerusalem where King Herod lives. Herod convinces them to keep searching for the child and report back to him, so the wise men find the baby in Bethlehem. But they also have a dream, and in it they are warned to get out of Dodge and not report back to Herod, because Herod's intent is to kill that baby whom he sees as a threat to his power. The world Jesus was born into, the people in that little town of Bethlehem and the surrounding regions of Nazareth and Galilee and Jerusalem and all of Judea, they are exhausted. They're under Roman occupation and suffering all the things you can imagine a conquered, occupied people would suffer. Think of people in Ukraine, for instance. They are not conquered. Portions of their country are occupied, but not all by far. But constant shelling, missile strikes, attacks on civilians, attacks on their energy infrastructure, on their hospitals, they have to be exhausted. And for the people of Palestine in the year zero, not only were they under Roman occupation, but they're ruled by a puppet king, Herod, who was self-serving, corrupt, brutal, and their religious leaders were mostly in bed with Herod in order to preserve their power. The average everyday person in Palestine must have been exhausted. So now I kind of want to work backwards and zero in on that word from the angel to Joseph where The angel tells Joseph not to be afraid because the child conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. If you're familiar with Hebrew and Christian scripture, you might know that in the very first book of Hebrew scripture, Genesis, as Hebrew scripture scholar Walter Brueggemann describes it, it is God's spirit that hovered to greet a new world, a new heaven, and a new earth where there had been none. And then in the next book, the book of Exodus, Moses is leading the Israelites to freedom from their Egyptian slaveholders, and they run up against the Red Sea and apparently are trapped. But it is God's spirit that blows the waters back, parts the Red Sea, and lets them escape, go free. In the New Testament, there's a scene in the book of the Acts of the Apostles that describes the day of Pentecost. And this is Walter Brueggemann again. He writes, it was God's spirit that came upon the people gathered that day and created a new community of faith, of fidelity, and power, and obedience, and mission. And it's God's spirit that begins something new when the world is exhausted, when our imagination fails, and our lives shut down in silence, despair. So why do I tell you all these things about God's spirit? Well, go back to that strange Christmas story as told in the Gospel of Matthew, the story of Joseph and Mary. The Luke version of Christmas is the story of Mary and Joseph. Matthew's version is the story of Joseph and Mary, because it's Joseph who's feeling confused, betrayed, because Mary is pregnant, and he knows they haven't been together in that way yet, and he has in mind to divorce her. And just to revisit that part of the story, Joseph being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace Plan to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It's that pesky spirit, a divine spirit that intervenes. So, one last time from Walter Brueggemann, because he is so smart and so perceptive, it is God's. Spirit that begins something new when the world is exhausted, when our imagination fails, and our lives shut down in silence and despair. And that, loved ones, is the message, at least it's one of the messages from Matthew's somewhat lesser known Christmas story, and it's a message I think we can grab hold of even now. And to grab hold of that message, you have to first ask yourself if you believe that there is a transcendent spirit, a divine spirit that operates in the universe and that somehow prompts us to new discoveries, to new ways of feeling and thinking, to new hope. Sometimes it's cosmic, like in the beginning at the creation of our current universe. Sometimes it's communal, like that story of Pentecost, when a new community of fidelity with divine intention is formed. And sometimes it's as microscopic as the struggles of one poor couple in one small village in Bethlehem in one small long-ago moment in time in the year zero in Palestine. And I don't think it's much of a stretch at all to say that this Christmas the world seems pretty damn exhausted. And maybe you do too. I know I do, at least some days. A lot of my friends seem exhausted. And if we hold out that possibility that there is a transcendent spirit, transcendent and bigger than us, then what we're doing is holding out hope that this divine spirit can yet again begin something new when we're exhausted, when our imagination fails and our lives shut down in silence and despair. That that transcendent divine spirit can open up something new for us. So my suggestion, if I were you, and I'm not you, but if I were, my suggestion would be to cling to that hope this Christmas. Be on the lookout for new beginnings. Look for new hope where previously you thought there was none. Be open to a transcendent, cosmic, communal, sometimes microscopic, divine spirit that can create something new for you, for all of us. Stay in touch, Bruce at brucecole.tv. Remember, you are loved.